The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Uh, I'll be right back just praying the Holy Ghost or something Amen Praise God Lord, you're awesome. Um, I think I have four messages to preach. Um, I explained to uh, one of our tremendous leaders, and you know, just so thankful for what God's what God's doing and the launching of uh, 72 different small groups and ministries over the weekend and all the leaders that are being raised up and the multiplication that's taking place. We had a leaders meeting with 115 leaders in it. And I, I know that maybe that's not much to you, but I think when we came here we had five. So, you know, and we had, right, maybe more than that. We had about 30 people on a Sunday morning, that, that for sure. I'm poking fun at the leadership thing. I'm looking out and seeing some of you that were here. So I, we probably, I think we had 15 leaders and about 30 people in the church, something like that. Just so grateful for what God's done. I was saying to one of the leaders tonight as I came in, I just felt the fresh presence of the Lord. And I said, sometimes I feel psychotic um, as a pastor. I'm going to tell you why. Because I have this mix in me of like somebody who's a wild-eyed, crazy, as a loon, revivalist type person. And I know maybe some of you don't know me like that, but just want the fire of God to come. And just love worshiping, want to prophesy, flow in the Holy Ghost, and we do that. And yet, I'm a pastor. And I've had people tell me, you're supposed to be an evangelist. I am not supposed to be an evangelist. And so I've struggled with those two, those two things within me. And as a pastor, you, you have to cast vision. And, and you have to teach the word. And, and you have to correct things as things crop up. I don't know how you do church without the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit just decapitates things that try to rear their ugly head. And you don't even need to really even preach on it because the Holy Spirit will just take somebody apart or minister to them or minister to you. Come on, I'm, I don't know, many times I've found myself to be my own worst enemy. I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm a minister along these lines. I think I told you to turn to Jeremiah 17. I remember a number of years ago, I was in a, I was in a real financial bind, and um, I got together with somebody, a, a financial advisor, who was helping us to sort of sort things out. I wasn't real wise, my wife and I. As we were, uh, prior to being saved, I was dumb as a box of rocks, and then after I got saved, I was dumb as a box of rocks, but I was saved. And so, you know, we needed to get the rocks out, needed to get healed, and needed to learn how to handle our money and, and how to, you know, pay taxes. And I, I thought the tax man was pretty close to the devil, so I wasn't sure we had to pay him anything. And so then as time went on, I come to find out actually give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. And I learned how to tithe, and I learned mm, taxes. 
got to pay taxes if you're in the part of the United States of America and you don't want the IRS to take all your stuff. Now, I'm just going to tell you, the IRS and not going away. They will hunt you down. They will find you. It might take 10 years, but they will. Oh, they ain't going away. They will find you, and they will mess you up. You know, unless you just want to move into the woods for the rest of your life. You know, and we're not, the whole monastic movement, thank God. How many of you know what the monastic movement is? The whole monastic movement of the Catholic Church was wonderful in preserving the Word of God. A horrible in that we're supposed to reach people. So, you know, you can live secluded for a season, but you have to, you know, we're called to reach people. So if you're not near people, you know, really. And so, so this guy was going to help me solve my, my tax issues. So we went about not getting into all the details of that. And I've told this story before. It was a loophole in the law. That all I needed to do was just take care of certain documents and sign certain things. It would release me from the large debt that I had with the IRS. Well, I thought, amen, hallelujah, release me, Jesus. Jubilee, glory to God. I mean, you, know, you ever put some scriptures on stuff that's not God? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, Satan does that. He knows the word better than you or I all put together. He knows just how to twist it and mess you up. And so I prayed and prayed, and my wife and I prayed, and, and I felt about 90% good, which really wasn't God at all. It was just my greed and desire to quickly get out of trouble. And so I began to move forward with the plan of eliminating all of my IRS debt. And began to follow through in doing this loophole that was a part of the laws of our land. And some of you heard about this. It's probably, you know, 15 years ago. And I quietly was hearing that, you know, the voice of the Lord, still small voice. I, the, the, the Lord has a still small voice. He also shouts. I just want to tell you. And I, he will shout at me when I've disobeyed the still small voice over and over and over. And I guess what I, the way that the Holy Spirit is, is, is flowing through me tonight is this. God wants to come upon you with power. And He wants to use you to expand His kingdom in miracle, miraculous ways with signs and wonders. But do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. And when He wants to release His power through... Listen, the name of Jesus is the name of Jesus. If you're in adultery, the name of Jesus is still... The name of Jesus. And so God will honor people's faith. That's why an evangelist who's all up in sin can step up on a platform or a pastor and minister and people still get saved, people still get healed, even though the guy's in sin. Because the name of Jesus is above every other name, no matter which way somebody's living. And God will honor other people's faith. He'll honor your faith. If the minister's in sin, he still honors your faith. Do you get it? But there's a place in your life where if you disobey and you don't yield to the voice of the Lord, you can lose the anointing on your life. And I heard messages like this one. And in my own life, the God was pouring out over my wife and I. We were pastoring a little place up called Kula. We were seeing great things happen. Except I had this boat anchor of weight around my neck. I think it was at one point about $160,000 in debt. And, you know, maybe that's not a lot to you, but it was a lot to me. It was going to take many years of me paying off that debt. And I was garnished and all of that. And so I had this IRS debt, and I thought, we could lose 20 grand worth of debt, right? Come on, look what the Lord has. Ah, I'm just going to be excited about losing 20 grand. Come on, don't raise your hand, but does anybody know what I'm talking about? 20 grand. And so I began to move forward, and all the while the Lord saying, Son, don't do that. But I didn't obey. I just, I let everything else shout louder in my immaturity. Louder than the voice of the Lord. 
And I began to feel increasingly bothered. And I remember it coming down to the last, I think it was a Friday. And I was going to preach on Sunday. It was a Friday. And, and I was going to go in and sign the last document that I had to sign. And I was going to be done with the whole deal. And as I'm going in the office, it was like I'm losing my peace with every step going up the stairs. I get into the office. Now I've really lost my peace, and I could hardly stand to be in my own skin. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm like, something's wrong. I know what's wrong. The Lord's been telling me, you're not supposed to do it, and you're on the last step, son. And so he, the guy says, well, this is it. This is the last. Just sign this, and we're all done. And then we just wait it out, and it'll all go away. He hands me the pen. I get the pen. I'm like 20 grand. I put, the, I put that pen down. I start shaking, and the Lord says, I said no. And it wasn't like, I said no. It was like, I said no. And I thought, bam, I put the, the pen down. He says, what are you doing? I said, I can't do it. He said, what? We've spent all these hours. I said, I'm sorry. I can't. What are you doing? And I was just like, I can't do it. I got to go. God bless you. I got to go. And I charged right out of the office. Oh, I made a scene and we weren't friends anymore. And and um, he had to leave the country. Oh, 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 God protected me. Oh, oh, God protected me so profoundly. I didn't see it. Actually, the truth is, I didn't have faith for him to do the miracle of getting me out of debt. And so I looked for my own fleshly way to, to make an Ishmael. I looked for a way for God, uh, not God. It was actually my own effort in helping him. And actually what happened is the Holy Spirit came off of me that day. I didn't know else how to describe it to you. I didn't feel his presence like I, like I had previous to that, to that moment. I walked out of the office and I felt like the king in his new clothes. Except I discovered I didn't have any. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know that child's story? I'm just like, wait, wait, hey, God, <laughs> where'd you go? Lord, it wasn't like I was headed to hell, but the power that, that was resting on me was just removed. I didn't really even know he was resting on me until it wasn't, until he wasn't. I went home, I told my wife, and I don't remember her response, I think she was relieved. Saturday comes, and um, I don't hear God's voice. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't just get canned messages. I don't apply to, you know, you know, Revival Preacher magazine and, and get messages that I can preach to you. Everything's, we seek God, we pray, we, we, we hunger for the Lord to speak to us. And the truth is, if he doesn't speak, it doesn't come upon us, man. It's time for somebody else to preach because I don't want to do that. We'll go sell cars or something. Not that selling cars is wrong. If you're called to sell cars, sell them under the glory of God. But I, I'm, on a, I'm not going to minister. If there's no anointing, I don't, I'm not going to do it. And so his presence and his power kind of lifted off of me. And all day Saturday, I sat before my computer trying to get something together. And all I heard is crickets. Now i got to get a word for Sunday morning, and I don't have anything to preach. And it goes on into Saturday night, late Saturday, you know, hugs and kisses to Hannah. Everybody goes to sleep. I'm still there. I'm like, Jesus, come on. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I pull up an old message. It used to be anointed. It was really good, in fact. It was a great message. I pulled it up. I'm like, yes. No. And so, but I printed it anyway for an escape hatch. How many of you know, it's like, well, if the Lord doesn't come through, at least I've got plan B. How many of you know your plan B is a parachute that won't work? Well, you have to have the God plan. And so I printed my inoperable parachute, which is my message that used to be anointed. I figured maybe it was good before. It could be a good again, except with no anointing, no unction, no enablement, no empowerment of the Holy Spirit, then no life, no miracles, no breakthrough, and you're just moving in the flesh. I went to church that day, 
worship, I didn't feel his presence. I didn't feel anything. And I don't know, you know, maybe that's normal for some, not normal for me. And, you know, I've made worship extended. I did everything I could do to stretch it to the point where, like, dude, it's time to preach. And so, it's time to preach. And I will never forget getting out of my seat, moving to the front, and realized I had no message. And the Lord told me, you have no message, and I want you to tell the people you have nothing to say. And I thought, well, at least I'm hearing his voice. No, you know, that's good. I mean, come on, that's a plus. Let's obey that. So I went up and I said, I didn't tell him the whole IRS thing. It was a little bit, you know, too fresh. I stood there and I said, um, yeah, and we had visitors and everything. About maybe 80 people there. I said, so uh, <clears throat> I uh, have no message to preach to you uh, today. And so, we're just going to wait on the Lord. Okay. And that's it. That's all I had. I, but I was going to obey. I turned around, went to my seat, and waited on the Lord. You'd think it'd be 30 seconds, and God will just help you out. Right? No. It wasn't 30 seconds, and it wasn't three minutes. It was about 10. Now, can I tell you, 10 minutes of waiting for God to do something where you have 80 people have come to expect to hear. I'm thinking, I'm fired. Dr. Morocco's going to fire me. What kind of nonsensical, idiotic preaching is this? You, you fool. I mean, I had all kinds of thoughts going through my head. And yet the Lord was saying, you don't have anything to preach. And you're not preaching anything until I give you something. And if that's nothing, then that'll be your church service today. And it got to the place where like, the last thing I wanted to do was disobey again. And so I said, I'm just going to stay there. It was painful. And I was dying. And I'll tell you what I was dying about. I was dying about what all the people were saying about me. And in the ultimate moment of like, oh, I hate this guy. Oh, I hate this. The Lord says, I'll tell you what your problem is. You have, you do not, you have a fear of man greater than the fear of me. And I thought, oh. And all I heard was Jeremiah 17. I didn't even know the text. I quickly turned to Jeremiah 17. I read it. And the Lord says, now you have a message. You all there in Jeremiah 17? Stand up on your feet. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 5, thus the Lord says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. He shall be like a shrub in the desert. <laughs> the shrubs in the desert don't do too well. And shall not see good when it comes, when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the water, which spreads out its roots by the river. And will not fear when heat comes, but his leaf will be green. He'll not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Let's pray. Father, thank you. It's a very simple message tonight. I pray that you would deliver completely those that are bound by the fear of man. And that you, Holy Spirit, would come and give us the fear of the Lord which is the beginning of wisdom. So move in power right now. Come on, just lift your voice and ask God to talk to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You may be seated. 
There are curses and there are blessings. And we have preached on it and taught along those lines and will continue to do so as the Holy Spirit reveals to us and moves us along. There is a curse that comes from trusting in man who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Now that, let's just talk about that verse for a moment. Your heart, he goes on to say, I think a little bit later, in fact, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. A preacher was in his 80s, went for open heart surgery. They opened him up, fixed his heart, sewed him up. And later on in the recovery, the surgeon says to the preacher, do you know I was holding your heart in, your, in my hand? And the preacher said, I trust you found it deceitfully wicked. <laughs> you have to be careful of your heart. You have to guard your heart, the Bible says, for out of it flows the issues of life. I have found that as I contend for the outpouring of the Spirit, and I really kind of feel like a teenager. Yeah, I've been in ministry for 50 years or anything like that. But I've found this, that God protects His power with problems. What are you talking about? You want the power of God to flow through you. Many times He'll allow for things to happen to, to cause you to... to to stay broken, humble, and transparent before Him. And you know, it's not so comfortable. He'll test you on where your heart is. In fact, He'll, he'll offend your mind to reveal your heart. Some people, just get a, some people are just walking offenses. It is an offense waiting to happen. And Jesus spoke words that offended. And the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of, the, of miracles, signs, and wonders brings offense to many. One of the, the great tasks we have here is discerning that which is God and that which is the flesh. You say, how do you know which one it is? Well, you can do a study on manifestations in Scripture. When I say manifestations, I don't mean demonic manifestations. Of course, you could do that. But biblical Holy Spirit manifestations. And all the miracles in the Old Testament of manifestations are seen in the New, except one, and that's tongues, which is really another sign of the New Covenant, another sign of the outpouring of the Spirit of God, although it's prophesied in many places. And so one of the challenges we have in, in allowing for the move of the Spirit of God is to keep our heart right before the Lord and not worrying about what people think, but at the same time being sure and certain, steadfast and unmovable and that you do not allow for demonic manifestations to come and spoil and trouble and muddy the water. I've been in many Pentecostal churches that are just as weird and freakish as a $3 bill. I remember going to an outpouring, and it was an outpouring, in, in Florida with Minister Tim years ago. Famous preacher there, who was in horrible sin at the time. Of course, nobody knew it just yet. And since then, he's been restored, and I hope it's true. Horrible sin at the time, drinking, cheating on his wife, the whole thing, while having an outpouring, quote-unquote, of the Spirit of God. And the thing that was amazing to me as I stood in the sea of people, I mean, the sea, it was 8,000, 10,000 people that one night that I was there. And I looked out and I saw the nations. There were people flew in from the nations. It wasn't even so much representative of America. It was people that came from all over the world to be a part of this signs and wonders and miracles. And I came back and from that time, power of God, I mean, I was greatly impacted. I was so hungry, so thirsty for God to do the real thing. Came back, and I remember reporting to Dr. Morocco as we, we have our uh, uh, national gathering uh, over uh, Skype. We meet every week, and I met with him today. He sends his love. And we, 
had a great meeting today. And in the same time, I was in his meeting, and he said, well, how was, how was that, that revival, that outpouring that you went to in Florida? And I'll never forget my diagnosis of that is I had never seen such mighty displays of the power of God. And I've never seen such mighty displays of demonic power and the flesh. There was such a mixture of both that it was astounding to me. I mean, I sat there as a pastor hungry for God, God touching me, and then moments where the Lord said, now look, and I would turn around and look and see absolute out of order demonic activity all over the place. And I thought, God, I never want that. I want, I want you to come. I don't want weird, freakish, spooky, flesh manifestations of the demonic. And part of the challenge in leading a church into revival, and let me just say that we, have, we, we are on the edge. Some people say, well, we're there. I mean, look around midweek service place, pretty well full. There's almost 300 people in the building today with youth, children, everything. It's growing. We bought more chairs. What are you going to do with them? We're going to fill the whole front in here. What are you going to do with your altar? The whole church will just be an altar, praise God. <laughs> Amen. We'll just, we can fit about 400 folks in. We'll, maybe we'll put another screen. Whatever We have to use this building until we can get our other one. And, and we're seeing great breakthrough there. I want God to come in the most incredible way. I yearn for it. I dream about it. I've dreamed about it from the time I was a kid before I was saved. Then I got saved. All I could think about is hundreds and thousands of people coming to Jesus, being healed, being freed, experiencing the joy that comes from knowing their Savior, being delivered from tormenting spirits like I had, like some of you had. I long to see God come like that. But the mixture of the demonic comes because of, of a lack of discernment and a lack of spiritual authority to be able to deal with it. So is that going to happen here? It will absolutely, positively not happen here. Well, how are you so sure of that? Because we pray our ears off. And we will trust that God will show us what we need to stop. And show us where we need to yield. And allow for God to come. You know, I, I'm so hungry for it. I'm hungry for it. And I know you are too. But if you have the fear of man, you will never move into revival. Because you'll be afraid of what people think. Now, no offense, but I'm not really attached to what you think about me. I love you. I feel loved by you. I certainly don't want to offend you. And I like a pat on the back just like anybody else. And I'm thankful for the, all the encouragement. And we have tremendous unity and love here. I have had on occasion people get upset that we don't do something. Or that we don't allow for something. And as we process and work it through, it basically comes down to this. God calls you to pastor, and you pastor your own church somewhere, and you can do whatever you want to before the Lord. You say, well, that's kind of arrogant. No, it's just leadership. I can't move beyond what the Holy Spirit shows me to do. Listen, if you try to step into somebody else's shoes or move into somebody else's anointing, and you try to move into, you know what I mean by anointing? I know we have these big Christian words, anointing. The anointing. It's the God enablement, the, the power of God to get the God stuff done. That's what, it's the God fuel. Think about it that way. You try to use that which on somebody or model somebody else or copy somebody else, man, it won't work. You have to flow in the revelation that God gives you from the Word of God. And you can't really move beyond that. And if you move beyond that, then you get in trouble. Listen, I can't, somebody said, well, we need to do this. I go, okay, well, that could be. Let me pray about that. I pray. If I get a no, well, then it's no. But there was a time in my life when I was so ruled by what people thought. And it was a tormenting way to live. Now, if, if somebody can offend you to the point where they drive you out of the place where he called you, then you have the fear of man. Let me say that again. If somebody can offend you or do something to the point where you're so wounded and hurt that it moves you from the place that God called you. In other words, God 
called you to be here, do this thing that you're doing. And it applies for all of us. Hopefully you're all in the will of God. Amen? If you're not, repent, take your little feet, get back, get, get into submission to his leadership, and obey. Amen? Like I did that, like I did that day. I was so afraid, like, oh my gosh. So when he said, just tell them you have nothing to say, I'm like, all right. I've got nothing to say, nothing to preach today. So we'll just wait on the Lord. As I died inside, but at least I was obeying. Listen, some of you don't know that the foolish things that you're tied up in will destroy your life. The things that you're playing with, dabbling with. You don't understand the ramifications of that. And, and you know, the, the, the heart is deceitfully wicked. You don't know what's the, the step in the wrong direction actually is going to cause your heart to flip. And then you actually won't be thinking about God so much. You'll be more moving in the wrong direction. And you've opened demonic doors to your own life. And cursed is the man who trusts in the flesh, who, does, who has a fear of man. He'll be like a shrub in the, in the wilderness. shrub in the wilderness. Anybody ever seen, anybody ever been in desert? That's what you'd be like. You, you won't even know where there's water. You'd just be dry and, and, and dead. Be like a shrub. Won't even know when there's a stream that comes by. Won't even know to be when good things are coming by. But blessed is a man who trusted the Lord. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His roots will go down deep. I'm going to tell you something. The depth of your private life will hold you when the hard times come. Your private life with God will hold you in the times that are ahead. We are heading for a shaking. Listen to me. We're heading for a shaking. Said, are you scared? I'm not. I'm excited. I don't know what else is going to get America to wake up. We're heading for a shaking. And he's going to get some people's attention. And if you don't have your roots planted deep down by the river, then it's going to be a terrifying time. So what's that look like? I have no idea. They talk about economic collapse. And it's, I mean, if you talk to economists, we were far beyond any scale or model. We're over into complete insanity. So it's just a matter of time, they say, before the bottom falls out. That doesn't mean you run out and buy three generators and pack four years of food into a container, unless, of course, the Lord tells you to. Just saying. It's all about obedience. Was I in the middle of a story or anything? Because sometimes I tell stories and don't finish. And I have people say, hey, you didn't finish the story. Was, it, was I telling a story or anything? Is it okay? Are we all right? Someone look at your neighbor and say, how are you doing? Are you fearing the Lord or are you fearing man? Go ahead and ask him. Mm. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. I said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Can you say blessed? Come on, say blessed. Well, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the family who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose Lord is the God. Sin is a reproach to any people, but righteousness exalts a nation. We are heading for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you, it might get a little wild in that there... Listen, when you see a blind person see... When you see the man who was crippled and brought to the gate called beautiful every single day of his life for 40 years and he's yanked up and immediately his ankles and his feet are made strong, he begins to jump and leap and praise God. I remember when the power of God used to hit me all those years ago. And I used to run, 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 run. I'm talking full speed, everything I had. I would take off. And I, he said, why would you do that? It was like, I'd be worshiping God, and I'd feel the presence of God, the power of God would get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And soon I would lose all, not that I would be out of control, because the Spirit is, the 
spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. You ain't going to lose control and be a fool and act all over the place because then I've got ushers that will minister to you outside. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. But in a place where there's freedom, you'll never have manifestation of heaven if you have the fear of man. Ever. I, I, I know people. I know pastors that are afraid of losing their key tithing people. I don't care. I don't even keep track really of all of that unless the Lord tells me to look and then I do. You can't be afraid of what, of the, listen, you'll never have the kingdom of God released in power with signs and wonders if you're all concerned about money, you're all concerned about what people think, all concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow, or whether you're, oh, 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 what, what if, what, what if what? Stop, stop, trust God. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Come on, lean on the everlasting arms of the Lord. He is a strong tower. He is a sun and shield. The righteous run into Him. How blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose Lord is their God. Trust in His leadership. Trust in His Word. Trust in the move of the Spirit of God. Trust. sat over on the right side of, every, of, of the church that I was in. Tried the left side, just like the right side. Well, I like the left side. Awesome. Just make sure you give your seat up when somebody new comes. <laughs> I would worship and then I'd get to thinking about how great he is and all he's done for me and I just lose it. I just, I just, because there was a freedom to allow for the move of the Spirit. And then before I knew it, my spirit could not worship the way my body could move. I, I, I felt limited by my earth suit. I felt limited by my physical body and the way that my spirit wanted to worship. And then what would happen, and it still happens today, I might be a little bit slower. But then again, maybe I'm faster. I'm not sure. Then I, I, I begin to shake and then before you know it, I could not stay in where I was anymore. And I would take off running, full tilt with everything I had. Oh, my friends. Dr. Michael Gannon. <laughs> Put your hands together for Dr. Michael Gannon.
Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across. Lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on, just bless Him right now. Just to rest the 
$60,000 in debt. I tried to do it in the arm of the flesh. I had to do my part. God waited for me just to stay obedient, and I did that. And it took many years. But then in one foul swoop of the hand of Almighty God, all my debt, all my debt was wiped out by an act of God, not by some conniving, Ishmael-making arm of the flesh, God came and went, took care of all. And we have our ways of trying to get it done, but listen, don't do that. Just do it God's way. Trust in Him. Rely on Him. You don't have to pump up your testimony because God doesn't need your help to give Him glory. Just tell Him. Just tell, just tell the story. Come on, one more time. Tis so sweet. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take Him at His word just to rest upon His promise and to know the saith the Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place. At the close now of our service, don't leave this place without being made right. Repent. If you're not on your way to heaven, your sins are not forgiven, then don't leave this house. Don't leave this church. Don't leave this room without being reconciled to God. Intercessors pray all across this place. You say, that's me. I need to get right with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to get right with God. Whether it be the first time or you've drifted and you want to come back home, you want to return to your first love all across this place. If that's you, raise your hand high. Where are you? You want to give your right, get right with God. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. Come on, pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands. Holy Spirit, come and touch. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Break off the fear of man. Release, God, fresh revelation 
and the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And use us in the highways and the byways. Use us, God, to give the answer for the reason that we have this hope within us. Use us. Give us divine appointments this week. Move in power Friday night at the, at the marriage seminar and Saturday morning. Lord, all the rest of the week, pour out your spirit on your sons and your daughters. Miracles, signs, and wonders follow them that believe. Find somebody to lay hands on. Find somebody to minister life to. And you'll find the river of the living God flowing through you. Lord, thank you for what you've done. May we never, ever yield to the pressures of the flesh. May we never yield to the pressures of people, of popularity. May we never yield to that trap from the enemy. But trust in, lean on, and rely on you, Lord, with the roots going deep down in the Word. That our private fellowship, God, with you would be deep and meaningful, satisfying, releasing the life of God to our community, to our nation, even the golden oil of Zechariah. Now, Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you this weekend. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.